This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.omf.ie Hello, good morning and welcome to the Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock this morning. Thanks to Brian Redmond for the last two hours of the breakfast buffet on this fantastically sunny and bright Saturday morning in May. Hard luck to James Foley from Boris, but get studying for Ireland's easiest quiz. Not as easy as it seems sometimes. This morning on the Bottom Line, we talked to a man from the CIA in Carlow. That's Seamus Murnan from the Catering Innovation Agency, a business playing a key role in looking after tens of thousands of people every day and feeding them. Kim Mackenzie Doyle joins us to tell us about the huge success of her big idea and how with this year's event just out of the way, she's already planning on doubling in size next year. And we'll talk to Valerie O'Sullivan, President of Network Ireland Kilkenny, about how things have changed for business since January and how she's getting on in her new job. But first, Jim Power is a regular and indeed very popular contributor to the bottom line. Before we came on air, I chatted to Jim to hear his latest views on where the economy is at and what the prospects are for the rest of the year. We spoke about the economic environment, which Jim said is the most uncertain he's ever seen. He spoke about the likelihood that the European Central Bank will increase interest rates later in the summer. But I started by asking him how he sees the conditions for business for the rest of the year. Clearly, a lot depends on how the Ukraine situation unfolds. Um, um, you know, energy prices um, have sort of stabilised at very high levels, um, but but you would expect that coming into this time of the year anyway, where demand for energy declines coming into the summer, particularly you know in Europe and the United States, but particularly Europe. Um, I think the next big imponderable is what happens on the food in front. Um, I think we are likely to see a significant acceleration in global food prices over the next six months because there's a variety of reasons. You know, fertilizer costs have soared as a result of Ukraine, and even before that, there were food issues. Um, so fertilizer prices going up, the usage of fertilizers falling, particularly in poorer countries that produce rice, and over half of humankind lives on rice. So as somebody from a farming background, I kind of recognize that if you use a lot less fertilizer, uh, the produce from your crop is going to be a lot less. Uh, we have India banning the export of wheat. We have the wheat crop in Ukraine um, and the ability to ship it out and indeed grow it is obvious and Russia is under serious pressure at the moment. Um, we have various oils. Um, we saw Indonesia a few weeks ago, for example, banning the exportation of palm oil um, and it supplies 60% of global palm oil. So does just a whole lot of stuff going on at the moment that would suggest to me that food price inflation is going to be the next crux point. So I would not take it for granted at this stage that the European Central Bank's view is correct, that inflation will peak and start to level off. Uh, it could remain at elevated levels for some time. And, and just think of the ECB's record on this. Um, up to a few weeks ago, they were arguing that this was a totally short-term transitory issue and that there would be no need to increase interest rates but that view has obviously now changed so i think that there is a distinct risk they'll be wrong on this occasion so we're going to live with i think higher inflation for longer than we previously thought and from a central banker's perspective 
one of the big dangers of inflation like this is that it starts to become embedded in people's behaviour. Mm. You know, you start to get workers looking for wage increases to match inflation and that then feeds into a vicious cycle of upper pressure mm. on um, prices. And those of a certain age, um, thankfully I only read about it, um, but it, th- this is very reminiscent of the 70s with the two oil price shocks. Mm. Um, when growth was damaged and interest rates had to go up. Yeah, now uh, bringing it closer to home, uh, looking at your uh, podcast, The Other Hand, the headline story there is Ireland booms but the UK grinds to a halt. The, the Great Britain and Northern Ireland, they've really fallen from a height when it comes to their economies. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the UK economy is on the verge of recession at the moment um, and, uh, and yet the Bank of England is increasing interest rates because of inflation and of course we have the political circus going on there which is certainly not helping consumer and business confidence so the uk is a very very vulnerable place at the moment and this week we saw um the chancellor of the exchequer ricky shunak um launching a 15 billion pound mini budget fiscal stimulus package uh, basically giving money to everybody that he can uh, but you'd have to be very cynical about that and think that is just a way of distracting attention from the circus that's going on over party mm, and so, could, that could well feed into inflation too there yes mm. yes of, of, of course it could absolutely um and i suspect the bank of england wouldn't be terribly happy with that political move during the week but that's what it was it was a political move to detract attention from the political circus that's going on um one of the challenges i guess that I'm having at the moment is trying to marry this serious global um, uncertainty that's out there and obvious signs of slowdown in some economies and yet the Irish economy continues to go ahead very strongly. Uh, We got, in the last week, we got data showing a very strong export performance out of Ireland the first three months of the year, exports up by over 25%, including strong exports into Great Britain. Um, we got the well, the, the most recent exchequer returns to the end of April, and we get the end May numbers next week. Show that tax revenue buoyancy continues to be very strong, which is a good indication of economic activity. And um, yesterday, or sorry, Thursday of this week, we got the employment report for the first quarter of the year, showing that employment is gone over two and a half million. That's a bit of a high- benchmark, yeah. It is indeed. It's the highest level of employment we've ever seen in this country. And, and no surprises there, because anecdotally, uh, you talk to most businesses at the moment, and one of their biggest concerns is staff. So we're, 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 we're approaching full employment as an economy again. And, y- you know, you can look at even for farmers, trying to get labour at the moment is a huge, huge issue. So all of the indicators in Ireland are still growing strongly. Mm, yes. and, and would you be very nervous about that, Jim? I would be nervous about it, John, absolutely, because consumer confidence, I was just about to say there, consumer confidence has fallen sharply mm. over the last three months. And there are no surprises about that because you know people are looking at the Ukraine situation, people are seeing the escalation in inflation, people are now looking at the probability that interest rates will rise over the next couple of months. So there's no surprises that um, consumers are becoming more cautious and indeed business confidence surveys are showing the same thing. So I I think it seems uh, inevitable. Um, 
I'll, pro- I'll probably live to regret this again, but it, to me it seems inevitable that you will see a slowdown in the Irish economy over the you know, next six to 12 months. If perhaps uh, not a recession, though, how do you no, think? No, I, I don't see a recession here, but I do see a slowdown in activity mm. because um, that's what logic would suggest. And, of course, logic doesn't always prevail in my world of economics. But yeah. if you look at all of those global pressures, you look at rising interest rates, you look at the inflation problems, um, you'd have to think Ireland cannot remain immune from that. So I, I think in that context, it's important that the government tries to maintain uh, a decent handle on uh, the cost of doing business particularly because um, business will require as positive an environment as possible over the next 12 months to get through what could be a more difficult environment. You mentioned the global uh, market there. Davos, of course, has been on this week. Um, Talk of globalisation actually in reverse. Um, It's easy to say that, but that has massive ramifications. Is it just talk or is there real reality underlying that? Well, to date, I mean, there has been a lot of talk about, um, and really since Trump came into office, about the rollback of globalization. And globalization, which is the opening up of the world to trade, basically, um, has been the driver of global economic development since, you know, 10 years after the Second World War ended. Uh, That's been the whole basis, the creation of the European Union and so on. Um, And for the last three or four years, with the rise of protectionism, you know, nationalistic politicians like um, Bar- uh, Donald Trump and even Boris and his relationship with the European Union, all of that stuff is suggesting a growth of protectionism, a rollback of globalization. Um, yeah, and yet the official statistics don't bear that out. You know, global trade is still growing. Mm. The countries are still trading with each other. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I think one area that will be really interesting to observe the next couple of years is the impact that Ukraine, for example, will have on future investment. Because I think companies are going to have to think very long and hard now about where they invest and where they do business mm. because in the airline industry for example we saw a lot of leased aircraft in including a lot of aircraft leased out of Ireland um, being basically taken by Putin in Russia mm. um, so uh, you know I, I think as I say businesses will have to think um, long and hard about where they make investment decisions yeah. and avoid what is becoming an increasingly um, a world that is increasingly characterized by strong leaders who are very nationalistic and um, dangerous, basically. Yeah, and, and uh, a, globe, a symbol of globalization would be McDonald's, and they actually pulled out, are finally drawing the line under Russia. That's huge. It hasn't that, got a that, huge amount of coverage, but that's huge symbolically, really, isn't it? Well, that, that is absolutely huge. Um, the only surprise to me was that they didn't do it a lot sooner. And indeed... Um, with this whole growth of ESG, environmental, social and government issues, um, you know, consumers and investors are increasingly unwilling to do business with businesses that they regard are not behaving properly. Mm. So businesses, for example, that continue to operate in Russia, um, that will not go down well with investors and consumers. So in a way, um, consumers and investors will drive this whole move of investment out of these dangerous countries mm. um, because you know at the, at the end of the day if if I was facing a decision in the morning with two companies if I wanted to do a bit of business and one was continuing to operate in Russia 
and fund Putin's war machine, um, I just wouldn't be terribly enamoured by it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, more changes to come, but but encouragingly, um, while the rocky roads ahead, as currently stands, Ireland doing okay, but no room at all for complacency. No, there's no room for complacency. Um, and and, and it's this whole inflation thing is starting to become a real concern. Um, we, we saw stories this week about the Kerry hurling team not being able to get accommodation in Dublin. Mm. And we see lots of stories about the cost of accommodation all over the country going up dramatically. Um, you know, Ireland needs to be very, very careful not to price itself out of existence. Yeah. And, and, I, and I know for those businesses themselves, they are facing massive increases in operating costs, be it energy, labor, whatever. Mm. But I think we need to be very, very careful about trying to maintain as competitive an economy as possible. Yeah, a lot of nerves around Kilkenny about the prospects of having to try and source accommodation around the middle of July uh, up around Crow Park, but that's another story. Uh, as a Waterford man, I couldn't possibly comment, okay? Absolutely, Jim. We, we get you back on uh, before then, maybe uh, just before the Leinster final, just to uh, look over the ruins of that, but maybe that's best left for another day. It is, John, I think, yeah. yeah we'll thank you very much. You're okay. very welcome, thank you. Thanks, Jim. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie Carlo, Kilkenny, KCLR. Casey Lauren D. John Purcell with you on the bottom line until 10 o'clock. Now, lots of people have big ideas about how to change the world, but I think it's fair to say that the number of people who take concrete steps to turn their big ideas into reality is far, far less. Now, Kim Mackenzie Doyle is one of those rare people who have had a big idea and taken big steps quickly and effectively to turn it from an idea into action. We spoke to her on the show before uh, when she was launching her big idea for 2022. Now, earlier this week, I caught up with her to hear about how she's been getting on and I started by asking her to remind us about what the big idea was. The big idea is a creative education programme that develops game-changing creative thinking skills in students and we're really trying to kind of bring problem-solving, resilience, empathy, critical thinking and communication and of course collaboration to 15 to 16 year olds at a time when it can really make the biggest difference in, in their development. Yeah, and it is a big idea, and we spoke to you at the start of the year, but you've actually made the big idea a reality, and you've got literally hundreds and hundreds of young people around the country. We'll talk a bit about the culmination of it, but just tell us how you've got them involved first. Yeah, so we we kicked off last year with 500 students, and we very quickly um, uh, accommodated a 10,000 student waiting list, which was phenomenal. And so there's obviously a need and a desire for the program, but we had the big challenge of actually getting the funding to accommodate those students. So we were lucky enough to raise enough to to, um, gain 2,000 students on the program this year from 42 schools around the country. And we hope to include 4,000 students next year, which we're really, really excited about. Fantastic. Uh, And a business uh, very supportive and business in this area too. uh, Use the opportunity to give a a shout out to those, um, you know, far reaching and far uh, sighted companies who got behind the big idea. Yeah, absolutely. We've got the most progressive local companies involved and we really wouldn't be here without them. So I do have to, you know, give a massive thanks to MSC, Netwatch, Unum, Delmec, Carlo Toolmaking, IT Carlo, who's now SETU, and obviously Creative Ireland, our major backer. And, and without them, 
and their their staff because their staff are actually mentors on our program. They have really helped us share knowledge and, and boost confidence within the students. Uh, we wouldn't be here, so massive thanks. Yeah, and, and making it all real, I was really impressed during the week to hear Rachel Kelly from St. Leo's and also Isabella O'Byrne from uh, Kikenny Youth Reach, along with uh, Fiona Byrne, who I think works with you on the whole big idea thing mm-hmm. coming in, and a teacher, uh, Miss Wilson, I didn't get her, <laughs> her Christian name. Deirdre, yeah. Yeah, Deirdre, yeah. but making it um, really real, like Rachel Kelly, they had a great idea from uh, St. Leo's, you know, an oh, app no. with a barcode scanner for recycling. Absolutely, and it sounds like a really simple idea, but when you when you give students um, the opportunity to go through a process to, and actually communicate their ideas, they can really come up with something new and innovative that can really make a massive difference to our society locally and globally. And this is a great example of a project that could do just that. So, you know, that's almost like an education app that, that people can use day to day and it can make a really, really stackable change to climate, uh, climate change, which is a massive problem and is obviously stressing out young people. Mm. Um, so it was a wonderful example of, of a, a winning project and we really hope to help them take this further. Yeah, and how do you help them take it further? The idea was a, a barcode scanner that tells you then how you recycle that particular um, product. And it's an amazingly simple, but an amazingly good idea and hard to believe other people haven't done it. Yes, so we, we're, we have connections with obviously a lot of companies around Ireland and um, we have Fjord who are, are an innovation centre and uh, part of Accenture who have offered um, the winning team a workshop to kind of try and develop out their idea and really help them get to the next level. Obviously, these students are still in school, but, you know, the best entrepreneurs have these big ideas in school and can bring them forward. So mm. we, we will obviously introduce them to the local enterprise office. And I have to say, um, on, on a local level, Carlo Enterprise Office have been an, an incredible support to the local, or sorry, through the big idea. Um, and, and and really is kind of the first stop. Um, when, when I had that initial big idea, I talked to them. So, uh, sorry, I'm giving a lot of thanks, but they really they really deserve an awful lot of credit. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a really positive uh, initiative. Uh, and you were asking uh, students to respond across six, uh, or sorry, five key areas, mental health, yeah. climate, equality, housing and healthcare, all hugely important. What kind of other stuff across the country caught your eye? Yeah, absolutely. And, and those were topics chosen by students as their number one stressors. Yeah. So that's what we really aim to do in The Big Idea, is give students the tools to tackle these stressors and come up with a, a solution for, for the issues. So there was an incredible project from Kilkenny, um, from the Kilkenny Youth Reach students, that was a mental health project. And they created a, a space where... Um, it was actually a very emotive project that, that built a youth reach or a community centre to support positive mental health and that was from their own lived experiences. So that was a great way of showing how personal um, experiences can actually affect you know, a, a solution and they came up with a really, really compelling um, concept and um, all massively guided by the teacher, uh, Dennis Doyle. Um, we had a, um, an incredible uh, project as well in the healthcare, it's called Dr. Disease, who was actually using the, the existing infrastructure of the COVID app to utilize um, communities to identify other illnesses as well. So that was a, a really good innovative leap from existing technology, mm. which I, I think we all can appreciate. There are so many technologies now that are step, step 
forwards from things that already exist. Yeah. And, and Boris Vocational School caught my eye in the whole climate change uh, category with portable wind turbines. Again, yes. a very um, simple idea and hard to believe others haven't really been catching on to it. But go to the young people. Absolutely, and that was a great, um, almost local project where communities could set up a flat pack wind turbine and that could obviously address climate change on a, on a, on a local level and power the local communities. So it's an absolute no-brainer and uh, I really do hope though that that project um, is realised because it's something that can, that can make a really effective change immediately. Yeah. Um, talk to us a bit about the whole uh, thing of, we're, we're talking about the big idea and you, you've mobilised mm. thousands around the country with big ideas, but this was your own big idea and how did you bring it? Talk to us a bit about the process of bringing it from having a big idea to your, yourself and then yeah. kind of making it go viral, I suppose. Yeah, and I, and I think it really came from uh, frustration with how creativity is valued in Ireland and, and I think we're missing a massive trick uh, from industry to education and society and really kind of linking knowledge back into communities so not one for talking too much about it. I thought what could we do and it was a ground up approach to give young people those skills that you know us in the creative sector might take um, uh, or just rely on too much in a professional atmosphere and not be able to kind of help on these big, big issues that our young people are inheriting. And it's, you know, it's a scary world to live in at the moment. And, you know, 15, 16 year olds just aren't getting the knowledge they need to, t- to tackle these. And it's causing huge ripple effects in mental health. Um, and then obviously, you know, societal issues. So when, if we can empower them with these skills, they can take on anything. Mm. And it's an absolute no brainer. So it's really supporting the existing curriculum and giving them a leg up. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, John. But it was just as well to kind of link industry and education, bridging that gap because there's so much knowledge in industry that can support young people, but there's never been a way to to really effectively share that. And that's what the the big idea does. It makes it really easy for people in industry to support young people. And all done through the education system, which we we view too often through the narrow confines or the narrow lenses of the junior and the leaving certificate, really. But it's a really powerful tool in unlocking the creativity the energy and and the, the you know i want to change the world for the better that's present in so many young people absolutely and and we have amazing teachers on our program and they're really really engaged and it, it's fantastic that there are so many incredible teachers in ireland and and it's really about giving them some skills as well to apply into their own subjects because we have everything from science teachers to English teachers, a PE teacher, religion teacher. It's, it's really applicable in any uh, subject and indeed it helps these students access any career path and support them in any career path. Mm. These skills are the most in demand in the world, um, identified by the World Economic Forum and, and loads of other studies. So it's an absolute, you know, it's a joy and a privilege to kind of help change things and we're doing that bit by bit so we you know obviously there's always an ask on is any companies or mentors 
that like to get involved next year. We're looking for 800 industry mentors to support young people. And you can check out um, and find more information on our website. And I want to say that before I forget. Yeah, and, you're, <laughs> and that's uh, important to say that because you had 400 this year, but fair dues yeah. to you with the ambition to double it. What yeah. do you think um, are the lessons out of what you're doing for business? It's, it's really the skills that businesses are hiring for at the moment. Um, as we kind of move into uh, the next few years, you know, that it's the creative skills, the critical thinking, the collaboration, um, resilience, you know, problem solving. These are all the skills that are, companies are finding really, really hard to employ. So once these do have these core skills, um, they can go anywhere, really. So companies have really latched on and understood the why of what we're doing and the practical implications for their businesses. Mm, because uh, to use that buzzword, there is a battle for talent out there at the moment, Absolutely. and the talent is so important. Yeah, and, and that's it. And there's incredible people in Ireland, and, and we are competing on a, on a world scale now because a lot of companies are remote. So mm. once these skills are transferred, from the existing industry back into education. We're giving people a leg up and obviously opening up uh, career pathways because mm. they're looking at the mentors and where they have gone with these skills. And we have engineers and we have actually, we have a lot of international mentors this year, which was exceptional. Um, and, you know, we have the head of uh, products in Microsoft supporting young people in Carlo and Limerick and, and, and everywhere. So it's just... Uh, massively um, pivotal for these young people to understand that people in the industry care about them and, and are very free with their time. Mm. Um, and that's, that's been, uh, I think, one of the most memorable things about the big idea for me. Well, well done, Kim. Uh, I, I presume you can put your feet up a bit now because I, I, I presume it's been pretty full on since we last spoke in January. Yes, yes, I feel five, like 500 years old, but um, yeah, it's, it, but now we're kind of changing gears and it's all about next year and, and raising funding uh, to accommodate all those students next year, so um, work hasn't stopped, but I'll, I'll try and stop after five or six o'clock. Well, well done to you, and thank you Thanks for John. turning your big idea into reality, because it is making a really positive difference, and in this difficult world with so many reasons not to be cheerful, uh, seeing the talent, ingenuity and enthusiasm, passion and belief of all the young people it really is a, a reason to be cheerful so thank you for that amazing and the, the website's the big idea because i didn't say that so thanks john <laughs> <laughs> Kim Mackenzie Doyle talking to me earlier in the week about her big idea. Coming up after the break, we're going to be talking to Valerie O'Sullivan, who's president of Network Ireland Kilkenny. KCLR. KCLR indeed. It's just uh, 24 minutes away from 10 o'clock. John Purcell with you on the bottom line, the programme Foreign About Business on KCLR. Now, Valerie O'Sullivan is president of Network Ireland Kilkenny, and we last spoke to her programme at a time when we were still very much in the grip of the pandemic, when we'd all more or less become used to Zoom calls, social distance distancing, I can hardly even say it now, and quite restricted business and social lives. Since then, a lot of has changed. Valerie joins us on the line. Good morning, Valerie. Good morning, John. Yeah, we were. I was mentioning there about Zoom calls, social distancing, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, that's how you were running uh, Network Ireland Kilkenny at the time. A lot has changed, I presume, for Network Ireland Kilkenny, but also for business in general. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in one sense, it seems like such a distant memory at this stage. Um, you know, and we think back to last summer, we were in the, the throes of, of uh, you know, lockdowns and, and restrictions and things like that. 
Um, and I think the emergence out of it, it while obviously it was very welcome and we were all delighted to see business and life get back to usual, um, it has been it's been very challenging as well, I think, for people both personally and professionally, um, trying to readjust, I think, to the, the the amount of social interactions that we're having. So Yeah, and what kind of difference has it made to uh, Network Ireland Kilkenny? You you really um organizations like you really boomed, I think, during the during the pandemic because you could meet people um in a, a convivial setting online. Now it's all back to handshakes and meeting up across the table and coffee cups and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Well, it's definitely been, it has obviously had a positive impact. I mean, we strongly believe that building relationships and, and networking, it's really most effective in a, in a one-on-one setting. Um, so we have been back hosting our event in person. We have kept some online, but as much as possible, we're, we're getting back in person and getting getting people together in, in the room again to, to chat and network and, and, you know, help each other support their business ideas. Um, some of the challenges probably are, I'm sure, other people experiencing as well. Um, one would be, I suppose, sourcing venues and things like that with prices increasing. I mean, we're a voluntary organisation, so that has been a little bit challenging that we haven't experienced it before. You know, even just to hire a, a meeting room, the, the costs have gone up significantly in the last couple of months. Um, and the other challenge is just probably people have so much going on now and you know there's there's catching up on weddings and holidays and birthday celebrations um people are, are kind of stretched i think trying to attend all of these things yeah and you've been busy with that obviously but you've also been busy because you've got yourself a new job tell us about your uh, role as general manager of roth house and garden well i didn't think i had enough on my place so i decided i decided i'd take on a new role as well so yeah i started um at Roth House uh, earlier this month, so just I'm not long in the door. There about three weeks, and uh, it's a fabulous property on Parliament Street. I'm sure everybody in Kilkenny has um, passed it by uh, regularly. Um, beautiful Tudor era merchant house and a fabulous restored garden. Um, and I think what surprises most people is is the size of the property. It's it's quite deceiving. It stretches the whole way back from Parliament Street right back to the original city walls. So it's called a Burgage Plot. I'm learning all this as I'm going along, John. To be honest about the history, but it's it's a fabulous property. Um, yeah, you mentioned there about um, people passing by, but presumably you want them to go in. Um, you know, say somebody has been in there, oh, I was in there when I was in school or something, why should they go in again? Well, look, it, like I said, it's a fabulous property, and I, I, I agree with you. I think um, we often don't do the things that, that we see on our doorstep very regularly. Um, I would say at this time of year, the highlight is 100% the garden. Um, I get to go out and sit out there at lunchtime or have a cup of coffee and it's just there's new plants blooming and flowers every day the head gardener Mary Pike does an incredible job I have to say Um, and how's business um, you know because tourism and hospitality has been hit uh, hit hard um, beginning to see a few buses around um, have they been working their way down the medieval mile and are you seeing an uptick in business yeah, well, I have to say, I think May has been has been very good for us. Um, definitely seeing a lot of visitors around. A lot of North Americans are back and Europeans. Um, and we get an awful lot of Irish visitors as well. So we're still seeing a lot of people taking midweek breaks um, and then the weekends as well. Mm. 
so and of course um, you've got the uh, brewery uh, site uh, across the road um, Abbey Quarter just yeah. the first uh, active offices opened there in the last two weeks um, that'll mean a lot and uh, and also with the reopening of the Smithix experience across the road from you um, a kind of a feeling that that area of Kilkenny City looking at a bit of a regeneration yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the Abbey Quarter, I think, is fantastic. They really have done such a wonderful job on it. And having all that space opened up, again, it's just one of those things. You d- we hardly even realised how big that space was, and now they're opening it up on there on Vicar Street, and you can just see the, the size of it. And yet, the Smithix experience is going to hopefully reopen over the summer, and that's all good. I, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, whether the whether the customers come to the Smithix experience or Roth House, they're they're really seeing a beautiful part of of the city. You know, they walk down to Canis's Cathedral, beautiful coffee shops along the way. It is a beautiful part of town and yeah, excited to to be to see and be part of the like you said, the regeneration of that part of town. I think it's it's long overdue. So Yeah, circling back uh, Valerie to your role as president of Network Ireland, Kilkenny, uh, you've got a busy couple of weeks. Um your your awards are on uh, and they're on next month. What can people look forward to there? Yeah, so it's the highlight of our year. So it's our businesswoman of the year local awards ceremony is going to be held on June sixteenth, um, in Butler House and Garden. So we're very excited. We're working away furiously behind the scenes, putting it all together. We have 17 fantastic women nominated in uh, in seven categories. So we're going to be celebrating them on the night, and it's going to be a fantastic event. So our members, it was open to all of our members to, to apply for the awards. Um, and as I said, seven categories. So we have entrance in the emerging new business, uh, established businesswoman, rising star employee, shining star employee, STEM professional, creative professional, and then the power within champion. Well, so absolutely. Um, uh, and, and, and you were telling me you have 54 members at the moment. Presumably you're still open for membership. We surely are. Yeah, we, we operate on a rolling membership basis. So uh, women, it, it's, it's a women's only uh, network group. Um, and it's for the professional and, and uh, collaboration, support, advice, all that kind of thing. We organise regular events. Like I said, we've been getting back in person, which has been brilliant. And we meet up for a monthly coffee. And, you know, I suppose, to be honest, like I said, everyone's so busy. That's uh, that's that's kind of our programme for the moment. And then, you know, people meet up, obviously. They establish their own relationships and they, they meet up for coffees themselves and chat about different ideas. What I've noticed is that a lot of our our members, um, they're kind of in a stage of growth now in their businesses. A lot of them are business owners. And I suppose, you know, they all did the, the fantastic pivot during the pandemic. And they're probably at a stage now of, of really trying to assess where they're going from here. So mm. I know they're all so, so busy. Um, and obviously a lot of employees. I mean, one of our members is... Uh, if she's in Glen B and she's responsible for the fit out of the Abbey Quarter so you know she's super busy fantastic um, so we do the best we can to, to keep each other going and supportive um, but it's a fantastic group and I'm supported by a brilliant committee as well well, well so. done Valerie and, and we look forward to uh, hearing how your awards get on later in June and great to hear that word pivot again this morning I <laughs> uh, hadn't heard that one for at least a week hi <laughs> 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 right, Jess thanks very much uh, Valerie O'Sullivan President of Network Ireland Kilkenny good morning to you Valerie
Thanks, John. And talk to you again. That's Valerie O'Sullivan. Now, Valerie was talking about a return to in-person gatherings. Shock horror. And I'm delighted to have a return to an in-studio guest. And uh, I'm, I know I, I'm not really nervous, but he's a man from CIA, Catering Innovation Agency. Seamus Murnand, you're very welcome to the bottom line. Good morning, John. How are you this morning? Very good. Absolutely. Yeah, your name, um, your name is a real eye-catcher, and that's very important in business. Oh, do you mean the Seamus Murnand? Oh, well, that goes without saying, <laughs> CIA. Well, no. it's the CIA. Maybe yeah. we should have a listener poll, which, but I think it's the CIA one. Well, the, the, I, I, the, I'll explain the Moran. It's M-A-R-N-A-N-E. Right. So I'm Did not I mispronounce that? No, no, no. It's absolutely <laughs> fine. But I, I'm not related to any anyone of a political persuasion. Oh, good, spelled good. Just, yeah. uh, So I, I, I never get elected. But uh, ah, well, I don't know about that. Um, the CIA is uh, w- w- just when we started the company back in 2008. I needed uh, something really that it makes people smile. Maybe and, and and maybe that that, that would resonate with people. Um, so the the honest story is that after a few pints of Heineken in the clubhouse in Ballinabrana, it suddenly dawned on me that I needed CIA, and I, I I just put it together. I tried FBI to make something out of FBI, but I couldn't. <laughs> but uh, CIA. Did you run through a whole sort of? I did. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and just something. And I, I mean, after the Celtic Tiger, everything was smart. It was smart this, smart that, smart the other. And I just said I couldn't be smart. And now, yeah. to be honest, a number of years later, we actually trademarked the word smarter. So we're the only ones that can use the word smarter catering equipment. Oh, really? Yeah, Fantastic. absolutely. Smarter yeah. kind of connotes, um, brings up sort of um, ideas of sort of electronics and all that sort of stuff. I wouldn't have associated that with catering, but I was very wrong because I was in a hotel kitchen recently and I couldn't believe how high tech it was. Yeah, they have. They, they've they've come on a lot, a lot, a long way. I mean, you know, years ago everything was gas. They were, you know, they were like the fires of hell. Being honest <laughs> with you, but now that whole thing has changed. You yeah, know, sweating in the kitchen. Oh, and all oh that completely, sort of completely. Yeah. You know, uh, now you know what we try to do is we have continuous surfaces everywhere. Uh, you have some pictures. Yeah, here, we, I have to say. we have. They look yeah. really cool. Yeah, the buzzword really is induction and electric and energy efficiency so I mean you know basically with induction somebody puts a pot on the cooker it only comes on when the pot hits the cooker lift the pot it stops so it's 90 to 95% and really efficient. quickly or really quickly I mean it's much much quicker than 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 than, than gas uh, uh, you know good pots good induction and and significantly lower energy costs um, and also you know from a staffing point of view you know it's a more comfortable environment to work in but I mean we have a guy in, in Cavan last week who was on his second kitchen with us and he told us that his energy costs have dropped 50% now in the madness that's happened in the last two years 50% is some number. And that's because he updated Yeah that's because he updated and, and changed from from electric uh, from gas to electric mm. uh, so it really is significant because you know uh, most of what we do apart from the induction uh, th- there is an en- element of copper in everything that we do which you know is is very fast to heat up so uh, not only changing from say gas to electricity but then uh, changing to from to the uh, a more effective machine and so on exactly and 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 also because we're putting everything together in continuous surfaces you know the, the the notion of pulling out things and having to clean behind things that's all gone so that's from an energy point of view um and some of them look really stylish i mean uh, we were just for the listeners we were um looking at some photos that Seamus has brought in and, and i wouldn't be known for my um, knowledge of kitchens, but I do know the various you know, pots and pans and a yes. frying pan and so on. But I asked Seamus, what was that? And he said, it's actually a wok. Um, <laughs> and it, it looked really cool, but it was actually 
integrated into a surface. Ab- absolutely, and you just sit, uh, you, you know, a, a shaped pot into it, and it, it and literally in seconds it heats up, lift it, and it's cool again. It's yeah. uh, you know for doing stir, stir, stir fries really really quickly. But yeah, I, I mean the look of it is very very important. Uh, you know, and, and often kitchens are open to the view of diners. Absolutely, I mean that one. I mean, we we spoke about there Spitalfields, which is owned by a guy called Stephen McAllister, who people will know from the restaurant program. The restaurant I mean, literally, TV, you yeah. walk into that pub, you're sitting in the kitchen. Right. Um, so it has small place, isn't it? It is a small. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it, it, it it is, but uh, it, it is beautiful, and yeah. the whole atmosphere is is absolutely fa- fantastic because you can see everything that happens. There's no secrets. There's nothing going on behind closed Openness doors. Openness and transparency. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. So it, it is. It's it's fabulous. But I mean, the other thing that we're starting to find is 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 uh, people are beginning to get uh, the SAIA are beginning to grant aid some of our kitchens uh, because you know the penny has dropped that induction is you know because we need to make the change absolutely and we no point mentioning gas and Putin because we you know gas really is it's 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 gas Putin and the CIA from, <laughs> from Carlo yeah we have it all going on this uh, we are a local radio station but we do have international uh, perspective stay with us uh, you're listening to the bottom line the program foreign about business with me in studios Seamus Murnan uh, he's from the CIA catering innovation agency and we're going to talk some more after this break the bottom line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast. Carlo Kilkenny, KCLR. KCLR indeed, John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock. Edward Hayden coming up then and then lots more to look forward to all over the weekend. I'm talking to Seamus Murnan from Catering Innovation Agency. Seamus, you talked, I think you recently celebrated 14 years in business. Talk to us, you were, you came up with the name. What next? Um, well, next was, that That was way back in, in, in the first, first of April, actually, in 2008, um, which was you talk care about the name. You didn't have any concerns launching on the first of April. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I, I mean literally, it was it was yeah, b- back then. I had no job. Uh, there was no jobs available. And you'd worked in catering I, before. I, 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 I started. I came to Carlo back in the nineties, uh, and I managed the Royal Hotel. Now my son Paddy will tell me, reminds me if I mention it that it's not there, anything, <laughs> <laughs> as if it's anything to do with me. But not no, guilty, no, 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 no. But but um, yeah. So I had a bit of. And I'd also work for the O'Callaghan Group of hotels in in uh, in Dublin as well. Um, um, I actually, when I when I was leaving the or when I was starting in that group, Michael O'Leary was finishing. Actually, he he worked in that same hotel group while he was uh, um, uh, going to college. Yeah. So, but no. So I had that background in 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 hotels. I sort of fell into sales after sort of tiring of working late nights and all that sort of thing in the hotel business. Um, as I said, then in 2008 the opportunity came in uh, I, I secured the agency for Merry Chef Ovens which people see scattered all around the country any shop you coffee shop you walk into you know even Circle K's and Somnias and all the in, independent coffee shops like you know Café La Coco and, and Kilkenny and Butler Gallery and you know mm. Cool and Owl and Bacon Carla where if you get a toasted sandwich and a wrap the likelihood is it's cooked in one of these machines so, so basically I said top of the show you were responsible for like tens of thousands of meals and looking after people that'd be true like you you're, you're, you know your kitchens and your, your installations are feeding Half the oh yeah, no, no, and 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 we stretch. I mean, we we you know this year we've we've done installations in the Armada in in Spanish Point. Uh, uh, Sheen Falls in County Kerry. So you're uh, all over the country. The K Club uh, two in 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 Cavan. We're working on uh, 
the Irish Famine Museum uh, at the moment up in Strokes County, County Roscommon. How does the process go, Seamus? Like, you know, where does this, you know, because I suppose buying food is one thing, but buying the kitchen is a is a major it, deal it, for it, a, it is. somebody. And, 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 you know, as I remind people, the decisions they make when they buy the kitchen are decisions that affect all their costs ongoing, you know, in terms of, in terms of the amount of labour they use, in terms of the amount of energy they use. So from that point of view, the design is absolutely critical. Now, we start with the menu, really, in, every, in everything that we do, uh, and work from the, uh, the menu up and try to tailor the kitchen to make it as efficient as possible. But, you know, it, it can take us a number of drafts to make, to, to, to make it. And then, you know, uh, you know you, with, with, with good design and good input from the owners, you really can do something special. And because it's a business, you're to save money as well. So you're not just putting in a lovely looking kitchen. It's functionality, cost, effectiveness. That must be a huge consideration. It, it, it is. I mean, they have to be functional. They have to work and they have to stay working, you know, for years and years and years and years, which which they certainly do. But the big thing is about keeping costs down. Uh, you know, I, I see so many people, you walk in and you've gas salamanders and they're on, on, on all day from seven o'clock. And bad for the environment and, uh, as well. well. And, and that's, that's the other thing as well. But I mean, even at, at this stage, I mean, we did a kitchen locally here in Kilkenny uh, and now it's been used. Uh, there was a video made of it afterwards uh, by... Uh, by uh, a lady called Blonde Bergen, who's uh, a sister of Dorina Allen, yeah. and she has a business, a food course, and that 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 segment is being used as a kitchen design course on her course, and it's been used all over the country. So Fantastic. it's fabulous, and similarly now that particular premises, I don't know if I should should name it, but it's the Pembroke Hotel in Kilkenny. But the um, we, we, you know we worked with a fantastic owner, John Ryan, who really pushed us to the limit in terms of design because of his building background, and because of that, I mean, suddenly the, the, it's been used to our advantage yeah. all over the country as an inspiration on how to design a kitchen. Well, Seamus, pleasure talking to you. If anyone wants to uh, find out more, they can contact you via your website, ciaireland.ie. Perfect, John. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I'm sure you get some interesting uh, visitors to that website who might be expecting something else, but uh, what they get is kitchens and catering innovation. That's about all we've got time for this week on The Bottom Line. If you have any comments or ideas you'd like to touch, email The Bottom Line at kclr 90 6fm.com or you can listen back to this or any show by searching for The Bottom Line KCLR on the Apple Store, Google Play or Spotify. Thank you to all our guests this week, Jim Perra, Kim McKenzie Doyle, Valerie O'Sullivan and Seamus Murnan. Thanks to Deirdre Drummy who produces the show. Thanks most of all to you for listening. We'll have more stories for and about business for you next Saturday just after the news at night on The Bottom Line here on KCLR. In the meantime we've got lots more to keep you up to date entertained and in touch with all that's going on across Kilkenny, Carlow and the wider world. Edward Hayden is next after the news at 10 and we've got a bumper weekend of sport and music for you so do stay tuned. Until we speak again, take take care, stay tuned to Casey Law, stay safe, stay local and keep the faith. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie